Thank you for tuning into the Martial Arts Podcast Show, aka Maps. I'm your host, Bear, and our co-host, Kay. We welcome Waylan, who's a reflectologist and a martial artist, to discuss further on this art. So what helps with the reflexology and the, the martial art is to actually allow me to um, become a, a lot more stronger in my practice, in my reflexology practice, because the martial arts helps my body to um, realign all the energies in my body. It helps to open up a lot of the, the channels and unblock a lot of the uh, tension or stress in the body because it involves a lot of breathing, a lot of deep breathing, and it's very meditative. So how I use the, uh, the martial arts in the reflexology is I need to become a, a healthy, you know, um, a happy practitioner, reflexology practitioner. And when I do reflexology, you know, you're constantly giving. Um, and my, the reflexology that I um, use with my clients, I integrate meditation as well. So there's the, the, the mind aspect and also the, the feet aspect. And this makes it very holistic. Um, you're not just dealing with the feet, but you're dealing with the mind as well. So what reflexology is, is a gateway working on the feet, a gateway into helping your body, bodily systems to rebalance and to realign. Because each point of the feet represent um, an organ or a system. And by working on each point, it helps you to release if there's any uh, imbalances in a, a particular area, you, you find that the feet could be a little bit sensitive or you could be painful, um, which means something is blocked there and it needs to be worked on to release the, the, the blockages in there. Does that make sense? That's really insightful. That's a really good introduction. Uh, so I'm, I'm gathering that reflexology is more than just applying the, the pressure and the zones. That, that's the opening kind of first gateway, but you're using that as a gateway to do something, to go much deeper and more yeah, work on the yeah. inner level. Yes. I mean, reflexology itself, anybody can do anybody can apply reflexology. However, what I find is missing in a lot of the practitioners is the, the mindset. So when you have a client that's receiving, you will notice their mind, you know, whether they're going through stress or their mind is, is busy, it's ruminating, it's chit-chatting. So another aspect to bring in is to help the client to understand how the mind is operating while I'm working on the feet. So they're, they're getting the rebalancing work through the reflexology with their internal systems. And also I guide my clients 
with a meditation where they will utilize their breath and do some visualization as well um, using step-by-step -step guidance so that the client will feel like they have a total workout from their mind to the, the, the feet. And it, it gives them a sense of well-being and it, it makes them feel great because it creates a lot of headspace um, during the meditation for them so they can go into a deep, deep relaxation. And when they come out, they feel like they've had a holiday. And at the same time, having their feet worked on, which um, helps the bodily systems um, rebalance, realign itself, and, you know, it's a win-win thing. It's very deep work. How long would one session usually um, last for? So um, I do 60-minute sessions or 90. If you do 90 minutes, reflexology doesn't stop on the feet. It also, you can have reflexology on the face because there's a lot of points on the face. Um, and our face carries so much tension because we, when we speak, you know, we um, um, use expressions, you know, we pull faces and we tighten the face a lot. And it can cause a lot of tension and stress on the face, the, the facial muscles. So by working on the face will help to release any um, stress, um, any having too much energy, you know, in the, the facial areas is not good because it, it's close to the head. It can make you quite wired and then it makes you restless and um, then you're tired easily. So 90 minutes is good because you can do, um, you can have 60 minutes on the feet and 30 minutes on the face. Um, otherwise, 60 minutes, just feet or just face. Why is that? It's because if you're doing, you know, 60 minutes, 30 minutes on the feet and 30 on the face, it's a bit too short and you don't have enough time to go deep. Uh, so I definitely recommend one or the other or have the, the longer session. It's true what you mentioned about the face. Like even when you're just talking just now, I'm actually rubbing my face and I feel like, you know, the whole, whole front of the face, the jaw is so tight and um, really pay enough attention on that. But that, that's really good with that uh, overview because when, when um, a lot of people look at reflexology, you see loads of charts of the feet, uh, mm -hmm. but it, it seems to really go beyond that very, very much. Yes, and when you do the face, it's also giving you um it's moving the circulation the blood flow in the face and it makes your skin very plump so <laughs> it can take like literally years of you and it can help to um if you have fine lines on the face it can help to smooth them out because all these lines it's often a, a result of uh, how you use your express your face you know when you pull faces and frown, you know, you can get deep lines. Um, so the uh, yeah, yeah, the facial reflexology can can turn into a, a facial like a beauty thing as well as well um, as much as a health benefit. Um, based on your experiences, practically, when you have a student walk through the door, 
you can really tell um, what they need improvement on immediately, right? Through their body language when they walk in. And when you take a visual, and you, you look at them, you can practically sense what needs to be done. Uh, yeah, usually I can uh, pick these things up quite quickly. Yeah. Do you ask them a lot of questions then? Um, oh, I'll, I'll just take an assessment, you know, of what what they need and what they're going through and just to see where they're at and what their patterns are and to help them um, um, work through what they need at, at the time on the day. Because um, I'm not just a reflexologist, I'm also a, a rapid transformational therapist, <laughs> which means uh, if you are running on patterns or you know unconscious um, belief systems or programs, I can also help them with that. So the, the reflexology is good because it gives them um, sort of it's a good starting point to have some guidance on where what they need and if they want to go deeper into more kind of uh, transformational work like uh, rewiring mindsets and things like that um, so it is more of a very tangible isn't it I, I find it that um, having that session the reflexology session and also for your students or clients that it would be a very tangible thing to have first and then you would go into your rapid transformation program right because it, it, yes. sort of, it, it clears things out and we know physically tangibly there's a change um, i've experienced it myself uh, with your treatment and i know that from having um, a very bad neck for a, for a year almost and you can ask Kay because we do a lot of training and I've always been complaining <laughs> about my my neck uh, and you know with with that what, what I would like to call magic based science as well of course is a healing science um, that it resolved that tension and that was a tangible result for me so I suppose that's something which people can really um, experience firsthand physically uh, and with the energy as well and you mentioned about the relaxation so and then going into the rapid transformation so if you can explain a bit more of that what is rapid transformation program the rapid transformational therapy it's unlike any traditional talking therapy or counseling how it works it's um it's a set of comprehensive various uh, it, it combines various therapies and put into one um, and you get results straight away so for example today i had a client uh, who came to see me for a uh, compulsive behavior he cannot shake off like for decades you know most of his life he's been running on this kind of self-sabotage behavior like he'll be um very good taking care of himself getting fit and um being healthy exercising eating properly and then he'll self-sabotage and he'll just um 
stop exercising, he'll eat lots of sweets or lots of cakes and coffee, drinking seven, eight cups of coffees a day, making him sick. And so he's going through this cycle, like constantly, he'll get better and then he'll self-sabotage and then he'll do it again and again. So he just got fed up with it. Uh, so he contacted me to, to work with him. And you think that um, the behavior comes from, you know, having control of the food or um, the lifestyle or the kind of external causes or stress. But what we uncover was like beyond belief because what we uncover was something that, um, something that had happened to him when he was four years old was that he um, I, I, is an anonymous, I won't say the name, but um, just to give you an example, he was molested at the age of four. He was sexually abused and that he didn't expect that to come up. So he said to me, do you think my mind made it up or like, where did it come from? Because I don't remember that. And I don't like even thoughts of something like that could happen to me, you know, but his body was reacting when I was giving him the session, his body was really, um, yeah, he, he was like, he was re enacting this the scene that he was in with the uh, the person that was um, inappropriately touching him so what I'm saying is that the RTT what it does is to get into the root cause of any issue that you might be experiencing so this person is experiencing compulsive behavior and yesterday I had a lady who has a, a pulling hair problem. Um, she keeps pulling her hair out like for you know, decades again. And she's seen many therapists, she's had uh, cognitive therapy, um, you know, you name it, she, she's tried it. And it's only very temporary, stopped it. And it, it doesn't go very far. So when she had the RTT to understand what is the root cause, of the hair pulling. And when that connection was made, when before we started a session from a one to 10, how bad the hair pulling was, it was like a 10. And after we finished the day after, I um, connected with her and asked her where she is. And she said, it's gone. <laughs> like the hair pulling is gone because she's understood where it came from and it doesn't give her the urge anymore to do it because she couldn't understand where it came from before. She was running on this subconscious program where every time she is triggered, she will go for a hair as a, a relief, you know, to give her some love. It was soothing her. It was giving her comfort that was missing in, in her life um, as a child. And she developed this hair pulling because that was the only thing that she could feel that would give her the comfort she was missing from her, her parents. And it's, it's incredible because the RTD doesn't, it's not ongoing therapy like you have with a, a traditional style of therapy. 
I'm not saying traditional style therapy is not good, um, but the RTT, it's really, um, it's like a surgeon going right in there to help you uncover whatever um, issue or uh, things that you want to change in your life. And it, it doesn't mess about, it just goes in there, does its thing, and then you will get a new program at the end to help you with the rewiring. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's um, it's it's basically um, subconscious clearing, as I call it, and the practices I use. Uh, so it's it's different tool, but it's going to the same route basically. It's going into your subconscious mind to re to resolve, to identify, accept, and resolve what's happened. Uh, with old patterns and rewiring and reprogramming new behavior, new habit patterns. I think, yeah, so I, I, I think I understand it. <laughs> of course, this is a different tool you're using to address this, which is incredible um, to see all these results. Uh, but I'll be more interested, like, to see if pain management, how is this applied in that area? Mm -hmm. For example, yes, that the, so for example, the, the neck injury, I had or somebody had through a martial art you know fighting or training and they've gone through various injuries and how mm. is this used then um you mean with reflexology or the rtt well you could have either yeah okay so here's the thing um i'll start with reflexology first for for pain management um Reflexology, like any therapy, can give you support and comfort. And it might not necessarily um, get rid of it altogether because it depends on what the underlying problem is. So the underlying problem, uh, can be, there can be two uh, causes. So one, it could be a physical injury, like yourself, you know, um, you did something to your neck, right? Uh, but then again, actually, if you have a physical injury, before the physical injury, there might be a tendency in your neck that's already there that will cause the injury as a, the, the, I mean, the, the injury will be a result of what's already there. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so, but you might have to explain a bit more for, just for the listeners. Okay, so if you have a physical injury, and um, you try, you know, different therapy, whether it's reflexology or physio or seeing a doctor and nothing has worked, then you would need to look deeper, which means then you can try the RTT because usually when you have uh, ongoing pain or chronic pain that you cannot heal it, it's basically telling you something that you need to, maybe you need to go to the, the mind um, and to see what, um, what programs you're running on and what is the pain doing there? Like what is the role of the pain and the function of the pain that it's um, sitting in a particular you know, place in, in your body? It usually has a function. So the RTT, will get to the root cause of what the function is of the pain, why you're holding onto it. You're not holding onto it consciously, but subconsciously. 
um, the body is always holding on to a pain that it's experienced something in the past and then you you start running on this experience repetitive, repetitively and this will become a pattern and when you have a pattern you become familiar with it it will just run itself like any habits that we you know we accumulate it's like if you want to play an instrument, for example, if you practice long enough, you become a very good uh, guitar player when you with enough practice. So any pain, uh, any discomfort or aches in the body is, is the same. If you're running on a certain pattern of the pain, it will just run itself. You don't need to tell it um, because it's due to the subconscious um, programming that it's running on so it's really important that we change this subconscious programming if you haven't uh you know um physical pain that you haven't uh, like back pain is a common one and often people say or oh, shoulder or neck they say, oh, I use the computer a lot, you know, I, I'm a bit stiff here and then sitting down a lot. But it could be the case um, because to find out, it, the important thing is, is to assess like whether it's something physical. If it's something physical, you can definitely heal by exercising, you know, stretching or seeing, uh, having a massage or reflexology even better because reflexology doesn't um, give you the, the ache, you know, after you, you have a massage, uh, if you have tight neck, for example, and you get a massage, sometimes you can leave the next day and you have the side effects of this ache in the neck, even though you might feel a bit looser, but you still feel like sore from the massage, but reflexology doesn't do that because we're not working directly on the shoulder. We work, we're accessing the shoulder via the feet. And it's really powerful because when you work on the diff, um, different section of the feet, it will help you to release the, the shoulder or wherever your complaint is at the same time, but without giving you the side effects of the, like a massage. Okay, so we're going back to pain. You need to find out whether the pain, if it's physical, or emotional. If it's physical, it's easily um, can be um, healed or um, fixed, you know. But if it's deeper, then this is when the rapid transformational therapy comes in handy because the RTT will help you get to the root cause of what this pain is doing in your body, right? And then when you understand where the pain is coming from, when you have understanding that will empower you not to go back to that, whatever happened to you that's created this pain in the first place, then it will empower you that, you know, you're no longer this little boy or girl, right? Why do I need to hold on to this pain? Because of your programming and it's running, it runs on autopilot. Um, because it's been running on so long, you don't need to tell it what to do. It just, when it meets the right courses can, and conditions from the outside, 
then this subconscious program, it, it doesn't matter whether you're three or 33 until, you know, even 83, it doesn't matter. It, the subconscious has no time and space. It just runs. It runs and runs until you disrupt it. So this is the difference of um, how to overcome your pain, how to deal with your pain and, and get answers, you know? You don't want to prolong it if it's something that is uh, much deeper than a, a physical level. I hope that was clearer. That was really clear. So the rapid transformational um, therapy, is that a branch of hypnotherapy? Would that be under the category of hypnotherapy? It has one, uh, one part of it. It's yes, um, it's related to hypnotherapy. And I don't really like calling it hypnotherapy, even to my clients, because um, when people think about hypnotherapy, they, they think it's all a bit voodoo, you know, a bit kind of, uh, oh, um, they get a bit, they can freak out a little bit. They think they're going to lose control. They think they're going to be um, put in a trance and they don't know what's going on, you know, things like that. So, and a lot of people, particularly if they, they have a strong mind, uh, they will freak out. <laughs> So uh, I tend to, I, I call it just a, a deep relaxation, right? And that's, that's exactly what it is. It's putting your mind in the theta state where it's, it's relaxed. When the mind is relaxed, like when you meditate, when it relaxes, it becomes pliable. It becomes spacious. And then your thinking mind will slow down. Yeah. And this is where we need, we need to get bypass the thinking mind so that we can open this vault in the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind holds all your emotional history. Even you don't remember, it holds everything. And whatever issues you have, when we access the subconscious mind, it will give you answers. And once it gives you answers, so it's playing a little bit, there's a bit of a, like a detective work, yeah? Playing, yeah. you know, with all when the, the minds. Yes. So playing a bit of detective work, and once you find the answers, then we can move to the second part of the RTT, which is the healing. So the healing... Do you want me to keep talking or you want me to stop? Because I'm, I'm not sure if I'm talking too much. Um, oh, no, you're, you're doing amazing. It's just that I didn't want to interrupt because it's really good information. And um, not having any background in this topic, uh, just trying to, to, to listen to get an idea, which I'm building a very good idea, uh, explaining really well. Yeah. Uh, so please interrupt me if, <laughs> if you need me to not talk. <laughs> okay. Um, so the first part of the RTT is the investigation, is the detective work to understand where the issue has stemmed from. And then when we get the answers, we go into the healing. The healing can involve anything from speaking to the herter. So whoever is involved 
in hurting or causing harm to you, um, you can actually, um, yeah, we, we go into a dialogue with them to get, go into the deeper side of the healing. And also the inner child work, um, sometimes using a command cell therapy, if it's a, a health issue, and there's other techniques that's involved in the healing. And then the last part of the RTT is the rewiring, the reprogramming. Um, and this will be followed by post-RTT work, which will help you to continue the rewiring process because it takes a minimum of 21 days for the mind to kick into a new habit, right? Right, so the third part of the RTT is the rewiring. And so what happens is once you've understood what happened to you, how you got into this habit, and then the second part with doing the healing work with the last part being the rewiring, reprogramming work, and that will carry you through to 21 days post-RTT, which is really, really important because any habit that we learn from the beginning, we need to practice and the mind is no different. In fact, we need to practice with the mind because the mind's tendency is it loves going back to the familiarity of things, you know, of habits. It just loves it. And if, yes, if something that's good, of course, you can keep going with that if it's something positive and it serves you. But if it's something negative and, you know, self-sabotaging, you, you don't want that. But the mind will still keep going with that. So the rewiring is important to help you to create this um, new habit. And a recording will be made specifically for you. So you take it like medicine, where you listen to the recording on a daily basis so that the subconscious can latch on to the new habit or the new program. And eventually that will turn into more of like a, a second nature to you because you're uh, habituating the, the new program and allowing the new program to, to run. And this will become part of who you are, how you see yourself in your new self rather than the old self. The old program, it, it's, you know, a memory cannot be erased, but what happens is it will just dim down. Like it's not gonna take over your life like it used to. You're gonna notice it, but then it's just like something very light and very, um, doesn't have the power to evoke you because you've got this new program that you, you're, you're running on that you're happy with. So it's really, really important. I mean, RTT, it's for everyone because 95% of um, the population, it's running on their subconscious programs. And subconscious programming, um, when, you, when it serves you, it's great. But most of the time, we pick 
the subconscious programming up from um, when we were little, when we were conditioned and how we were raised. And if any adult or caretaker um, um, said anything negative or somebody that's harmed you or upset you, if it hasn't been healed, it's gonna sit in your subconscious and you're gonna run this program um, all your life. So 95% of the um, programming, it's uh, the subconscious programming, it's, it's really very disempowering. So everyone I think um, should really look at their life and see where their blockages are it could be anything, say, from not having confidence, you know, low self-esteem to something or anger. Uh, it could be an addiction, not just to drugs or alcohol or cigarettes. It could be from shopping, um, uh, food, you know, many, many things. Um, we just carry so much that we we don't even know we just think that it's normal because it's been running for so long it's so deeply habituated in us that we think that oh this is life or oh, this is just being human <laughs> but it's not you know <laughs> we are so much more than that and if you want to for example run your own business or do something and you haven't managed to succeed then you have to stop and think what is really going on like which program am i running i need to um really look deeply into that and give it another program <laughs> right <laughs> so i'm how i tie this in all this work i'm doing with the shaolin kung fu the martial art it's um it's really about working on the you know the the body mind uh um spirit level how, how do you say mind body spirit yeah level because when you're doing healing work whether it's therapy or healing um reflexology or anything else it's really important for me to be um, to become a, a successful and confident therapist. I think the Shaolin Kung Fu, how it's helped me over the years is to really build in this uh, um, physical inner strength in me and to, it makes me, um, it gives you this juice, you know, this like, oof, this fire, it build this, helps you to build this fire in you so that when you do your work, you don't tire easily anymore. Um, you don't tire easily and you can give more and it realigns your body in such a way that um, this is how you, you can prolong your energy because everything is flowing and I find my body, like I have more energy, even though like, uh, as I get older, I've become like the fittest I've ever been, right? Even fitter than in my twenties or thirties. 
and it gives me tremendous uh, stamina, vitality, and even building immunity as well, because the chi or the prana flow, the energy is flowing more fluidly in your system, in your body system, in the channels, and you become healthier, um, and you just stay more grounded. And it's important as a therapy to, to be grounded and healthy uh, and happy, which helps as well to, to enjoy your work. Um, <laughs> and this is why I, I love um, the Shaolin martial arts so much because of the philosophy behind it as well, the Shaolin Kung Fu, they live by this philosophy. It's a combination of you know, Buddhism and Taoism. So it enriches the practice even more because it's not just about a physical thing. It's like yoga, you know, with the modern day yoga, um, as opposed to the traditional yoga where they um, uh, unite the wisdom and the physical exercise, right? Um, this is the same with the martial arts because if it's just the physical aspect and you're just building muscle, you're gonna break no matter how fit you are. If your mindset, it's not strong, healthy, and um, operating on the level with you know, compassion and kindness and love, then uh, the aggression, the physical aggression alone, um, it won't get you very far, yeah. So I've got a question about um, the feet, actually, because I think we started on the feet and obviously it goes way beyond that. But on the feet, we have all these um, sensitive areas. Do you find that um, it might be a lot of people wearing thinner sole fit shoes? So you have minimalist shoes or um, they do close to barefoot style footwear. Do you find that thick trainer padding uh, personally might, might be a bit of an obstacle or the adherence might be a bit of a disadvantage to wear shoes that are really thick sole or thick padded trainers um from a reflexology point of view um obviously i don't look at the physicality of the feet alone right you need to see a, a podiatrist for that because reflexology deals more internally, um, your internal organs, your internal health. Although it has an aspect, you know, with the physical, uh, the physicality of the feet, looking at it, you know, with the, the like the, the shape of the feet or the, the skin tone or things like that, and the, the temperature and so on. Uh, but in terms of, yeah, shoes, obviously, if you're wearing heels or shoes that has no support, of course, um, on the one hand, it's not good for you. But if you have an internal imbalance in the organs, it can place more pressure on them by with your shoes. So if one part of your foot, it's in pain and you're wearing shoes that are not fit for it, obviously it's going to aggravate the pain even more, right? 
and it might not be from the shoot it might be from something internally that you need to um to it needs to work to be worked on um so the shoe as much as it's important of course uh if you wear certain shoes that are not fit for the feet um it will aggravate the pain and it could i mean particularly women's shoes you know the the heels and that i mean i don't recommend wearing high heels because there are many bad health habits that goes with it and i've seen a lot of women you know with so many um yeah not very well, thank gosh um we, we don't Bear and I uh, don't don't wear high heels, so, so that's that's a that's that's a that's a plus there. Yeah. But, um, I was thinking more so to, to bounce off the idea because of um, reflexology with the the zones and the sensory system on our feet. We have such an intricate, uh, complex sensory system on the feet. Just reading some articles and research that um, minimalist and barefoot runners they they promote not to wear too much padding because that's just clouding up the sensory system on the bottom and that has a adverse impact long term and in our culture in the western culture uh european culture or or the western in general i've seen a lot of friends who wear shoes up to the bed uh, they wear shoes at home in the kitchen on the sofa with or without carpet they're wearing trainers all day long uh, that's not something I do. Uh, my, my, my shoes are are out. They don't even reach the corridor, right? Like you open the front door and then there's a shoe rack or or, or whatever you call it. Like I'm not I'm not the most organized person, but I tend to like being barefoot a lot, and I find that it would personally make me sick if I had like padding covering my feet all day long, which, which a lot of people do. You know, a lot of people do. So I was I was coming from that mindset. I'm not sure if that there, there might be some kind of concept there. Yes, I mean, you know, shoes is great to help to protect us, right, from the cold, um, from the heat and the, the, the damp. Um, but wearing too, yeah, being in the shoe for too long is, uh, oh, it's horrible. Yeah, particularly when you're at home, I think everyone should let their feet rest out of their shoes. Um, and you know try to move your toes a little bit say hello to them you know <laughs> look at them and say hello because often we because the <laughs> the feet is the last part of us it's it's so foreign to so many people they don't even know you know what their toes look like or what their feet feel like because they don't they, they it's always in socks or, or shoes and they have no chance to kind of have a relationship with their feet uh, I mean, the feet is so important mm -hmm. um, that we should, uh, you know, if you can try and rub them, uh, even when you shower, you know, just try and kind of, yeah, say hello and give them some love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After all, it's the most important access to us because it helps us, us to walk and to, for us to stand. If we don't have feet, you know, what do we do, right? Yes. Do do you find that um, acupuncture is there any correlation between reflexology and acupuncture, or that very 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 different things? Because I, I think acupuncture I don't know uh, as much as I don't know reflexology as well. Are they kind of trying to tap into the same meridians or the same zones or the same areas? 
Yes, I mean, you know, if you're talking about zones and uh, points, that there, there might be some differences in the West and in the East, um, because reflexology, it depends who you train by. Um, if you train by, um, I think, uh, in the West, it, they use the zones of the feet, different zones representing different systems. Um, or you could use the, the Chinese, the traditional Chinese medicine, the, the point in the feet um, where they slightly different. Um, but with the acupuncture point of view, the um, reflexology and acupuncture works, yeah, similar um, pathways. If you don't like needles, then um, reflexology is ideal for you because it can still, the, the points can be worked on, but without the, the fear of the needles going to your skin. How do you apply pressure yourself? Do you use your fingers and your knuckles or do you have any instrument like a, a rod or anything hard like a pen? Yeah, so it's a combination of things. Um, using fingers, yeah, knuckles, uh, sometimes some practitioners even use elbows um, or rod if there's certain place that that requires, you know, a little bit more um, pressure. And if people can take it, it's good. But I would recommend um, a combination of things. Reflexology in the West and in the East, again, is different. In If you go to the East, you tend to have very, very strong treatments there. I mean, the Orientals, they love like, <laughs> I mean, to a point where you, I think I, I, I would feel you would be stressed out because the pressure is just excruciating. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like torture, you know? Oh, wow. Even though you might feel good afterwards, but in during the treatment, you just be clenching all the time because it's so uncomfortable. Wow. And I don't know, maybe you live more stressed because your shoulders, you'll be lifting your shoulder, clenching your teeth, like just to get through it. Wow. It's quite torturous. Um, in the West, again, it's a hidden mist because some people, it can't, the pressure is so light, you don't even... <laughs> feel it and it can be frustrating if you like yeah you know. we tend to upgrade like gradually right i think there was a time where there's these foam balls and you can't feel them now right? even if you put them on hardwood and you lie on top you don't feel them and then it tennis balls you don't feel as well like initially tennis balls are really good and then you have foam rollers but then i find foam rollers are quite clunky so is it quite a workout just to use the foam rollers because you have to engage your core you can't fully relax and then we kind of upgrade to using golf balls, which are really, really hard, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> it gets harder and harder, but then also it's without like a, a practitioner like yourself, without guidance, you're, you're just going all over the place and just hoping that it will land on, on, on an area that help relax you. Yeah, I think uh, it's important to find a practitioner that suits you because different practitioners work differently you know maybe their touch is softer lighter and you might not enjoy that um or some are too hard too strong you know going to the other side of the scale so it's good to find um something in the middle 
So this is, um, I, I, I use the Eastern technique and the Western techniques because I find the Western technique, it's a lot more relaxing and uh, not too strenuous like the East. But with the Eastern technique, with the uh, right pressure put into place, and then using the combining with the Western techniques of the relaxation, it's it's really I mean you can get a really um, in depth, relaxed and a good workout treatment you know with the East and West techniques come come put together. Um, so that's just my take on this because um, that's how I this is how I work. And this is how I see um, people enjoying um, both sides of the, the style of treatment. Yeah. It's like a hard and soft kind of combination. As yeah, long sometimes, as it makes people happy. You know, yeah, sometimes some areas, it could be stubborn, you know, and you need to give it a little bit more, right? You need to tune in um, and give the right pressure to each part of the, the feet that you're you're touching or you're engaging so there's no right or wrong but the practitioner they have to really connect to what they are doing like each part of the foot and what the person came to see you for or what you sense that they need because it really depends on how the practitioner is engaging with the client and how, how good their listening skill is. I, I don't mean just listening with your physical ears, but listening with your inner ears and also feeling. It's really important, you know. And those are the aspects I, I, I think I, I tend to um, look for in a person. It's not um, how strong their pressure is or how um, well they're trained. Maybe these things help, but I think um, it always makes the treatment more um, enjoyable and beneficial. It's by having the practitioner connecting to the client, not just on the physical level, but on their emotional level and even on the spiritual level. And that will give the client a bit more. It becomes more, um, you know, more educational. So when clients come to see you, you when you guide them, when you explain things to them, and then they get it, you know, and they take it with them so that they can, um, it can help them in, in their everyday life what to how to process things or how to avoid things. So it can become a, a preventative treatment for them. So that will help to save them a lot of time, energy, and okay, even money. <laughs> might not good, might it be good for me to save money, but <laughs> I, I think preventive is better than uh, cure, right? You, you, otherwise they'll have to be seeing you very, very often. Uh, and you're helping them, guiding them to to seek out the source, the root, the root problem, uh, and to clear it from there. So that's really good. Yes, and it's not just the reflexology. You know, you can clear things from because 
a lot of the uh, imbalances comes from the emotions, right? And stress. And you can help them um, to understand, to connect the dots, why they are running this pattern, even not from the RTT, even just talking to them as a, you know, as a reflexology client, for instance. Um, because a lot of the, the ailments and pain, there's always an emotional element that's connected to what the client's going through. So you've got to look back beyond the physical. Um, of course, if the clients just want to relax and you know whatever they want, you, you, yes, you give it to them, no problem. But um, obviously, you want to give them a little more they can take with them so that they can understand that they need to avoid or stop whatever they're doing and maybe try something else that could help them to prevent the pain from reoccurring. Yeah. I mean, this is this is really incredible. A lot, lot of knowledge and information, and so much uh, sincerity. Yes, I think it's more important more than ever, particularly with this past two years with the pandemic and COVID. It's caused a uh, like a uh, incredible increase of anxiety and fear, and people worrying about everything. So it's more important than ever for people to take start taking responsibility to, for self-care and to understand what is going on inside and how it can be it can um, they can be helped if they seek help and in fact actually I'm, I'm running a um, reflexology workshop actually in February at Tri Yoga in Chelsea um, it's called soul to soul transformation. So you're going to learn some techniques on the feet, how to self-care, how you can do it on your own. And I'm going to do some meditation and basically things that are hands-on and practical for you to use. Um, so if you're interested in that, uh, let me know. Is there a website that we, we could find you for all the listeners? Uh, for the ongoing workshop, the session, uh, and the help. Okay. For... If you um, Google Try Yoga, T R I, T R I Try, and then Yoga, uh, Chelsea, and I think it's on the it's in February on February the ninth, the nineteenth. Try Yoga Chelsea from 2 to 4 p.m. Okay, I see it. Um, the tryyoga.co.uk. Tryyoga.co.uk. Yes, exactly. They, they have that. And then yes. also, you and, have your ongoing on the OMFEET, right? The OMFEET.co.uk. Yes, the, that's my OMFEET website, uh, OMFEET.co.uk, yeah, or the rapid, uh, the Love Your Mind co.uk that's the rapid transformational therapy website um, okay wonderful so the reflexology the omfeet o-m-f-e-e-t.co.uk omfeet.co.uk that's the reflexology and then the love your mind.co.uk that is the rtt yes 
and I'm happy to, uh, you know, offer a discovery call for you if you want to have a chat and see uh, which area, you know, problems you might be experiencing and you want to see if uh, either reflexology can help or RTT can help you or even a bit of Kung Fu. <laughs> okay, I can. I, I was waiting I to ask that question actually, because uh, a part of the, um, what we're trying to do on the channel, we, we have this thing called nerd culture nowadays where uh, we just really like a certain topic and, and we just follow it without having to uh, necessarily need a purpose. We just enjoy something like a hobby uh, and, and Kung Fu has always been quite a hobby. Is there, was there a beginning where something attracted you to, to like Kung Fu? Was it like popular culture, movies or, or anything like that? Well, you know, I come from a Chinese family and when I was a little girl, um, I was not allowed to, to practice Kung Fu because of uh, being a girl. Um, and I remember every time watching Kung Fu movies, I'll be going, I'll be at home and me and my brother would be fighting with sticks and things, you know. So I've always <laughs> had a, an association with uh, Kung Fu and, you know, watched all the, the Chinese movies um, with Kung Fu involved. But never, never, ever thought I could, like, be trained in, in the Shaolin Kung Fu tradition because... Shaolin Kung Fu, um, for anyone that's heard of it, they think that it's really like, it's so hardcore, you know, um, what they go through, like the vigorous training. I mean, when I, I remember when I started, whoa, I almost passed out. <laughs> yeah. It was like boot camp. It was really like vigorous. The, um, the even just the warm-ups and, the my like there's they spend a lot of time in the warm-ups and I remember like we had to do all these push-ups, sit-ups, jumping and kicking and running. Wow, <laughs> that, that was beyond anything I, I I mean I've ever gone through. But um I think over the years you you just get slightly better because um it's still vigorous, but um uh, the good thing is you, you feel so good afterwards. Like you feel this, this whole weight that you've been carrying just come off because you, you sweat so much because of the, uh, the, the warm-ups. But I, I love it. I, I just feel, I feel so happy afterwards. Um, and it, I feel like I, I, I become so alive. And the more I get to know it, the more I, I'm in love with it, you know, um, particularly when you go deeper into the more kind of way of life of the Kung Fu, it's not just about combat or um, a physical fighting thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's much, much deeper than that. Yeah, it's been so many times where uh, friends are like quite depressed because we're indoors a lot more in the winter months. Uh, we, we've had several lockdowns uh, and they, they don't feel too happy. And we're only talking about Kung Fu. We're not even doing it. We're not even gone to the stage of doing it. But even talking, like 
you, our voice is changing towards the end of the conversation. It's like, oh, I got all this energy. And I'm so happy now. And it's like, uh, sometimes like when we, we talk about different topics, like, you know, with uh, our friends and we talk about Bruce Lee and I can't even talk about that sitting down. We end up standing up because your feet is just moving and you're bouncing. You feel like there's electricity going through you. And that's, that's just talking. <laughs> that's not even, ah. that's not even doing the session. Yet. So yeah, we can get very, very, um, uh, it's very oh. uplifting and really, really loving that topic on the, on the long term. Was there any martial artist that you saw on the screen that really attracted you in particular? No, I'm not. I mean, I am only familiar, you know, with the, the more popular ones, uh, you know, Jet Li. Uh, I mean, the Shaolin masters that I train with, um, they're, they're incredible what they can do. Um, I don't follow this, you know, the scene. Too, I'm not familiar with that too much. I'm, I just, um, I'm happy um, with my my teachers, what they share in their um, training with their teachers. Um, it's always full of stories, wonderful stories um, when we train. Yeah. Are there any go-to forms that you you tend to uh, like? practicing all, all the forms are important uh like especially when you start foundational forms are really important but uh, are there any that uh, you personally quite like practicing at home any go-to forms um i like the shaolin the soft form um or the the canyon fist so Here's the thing with the, the Kung Fu, you've got the yin and the yang. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. The yin energy being a little bit softer and the yang energy is the, the more kind of uh, the stronger energy, the sun, like the moon and the sun, yeah. So the, the Shaolin Kung Fu, um, what I love about it is that it has the combination, so certain forms or even just when you um, perform when you're practicing um, yeah th there's always this yin and yang alternation it's really important it, it has everything if when you do any form it, it always has the yin and yang and the balance the the strength and the flexibility and this is why when you're doing kung fu um, you're, you're really, um, it covers the whole set of, it's, it's not like just going to the gym, you know, where they just practice uh, the, the weight and you become muscular. But then the, the strength through the weight doesn't give you, like, doesn't teach you the, the flexibility like in Kung Fu, because when you are strong and powerful, but without the flexibility and the balance, what happens right you can just crack and, and the make... tendons as well you get a lot yeah. of tendon damage you get you get big muscles on the core muscles but the tendons connecting the joints that's still yeah. part of the body and you, you might not necessarily get the full body workout to build the strong tendons between the muscles and if you when you don't work out what happens to your muscles <laughs> they just shrink right So I find the, the Kung Fu, it, it's more rounded. Uh, it gives you the strength, the flexibility, the balance, and the endurance as well. 
so it, it covers the, the whole range um, dynamics of um, any training um, and it's extremely um, healthy in a way that it helps your mindset as well to become more um, really more mindful more grounded it, there's so many things so many benefits um, this is just a few um, I know that I've noticed like over the years I've practiced the, the Kung Fu uh, it's helped me to actually help my spine elongate it um, so that my I have it, it looks like I've grown because my <laughs> spine has stretched um, mm -hmm. I was measured recently at the yeah going for a examination and I realized I've grown 3.7 centimeters because my spine has stretched longer that's a lot that that's not a little that's that's really a lot that's quite substantial yeah. yes and you stack your spine properly I, I have the opposite I'm probably going to get shorter every year the the sitting um, posture that I have head going forward I, I'm like a stork you know the bird the crane like well, this is what this is what top. happened to me this is what happened to me you know um many years ago I shrunk like everyone else I think as we get older we just shrink right but now I'm much older and I've grown and I don't have any um body fat because I thought I, I lost weight and um when they weighed me I have in fact gained weight but I have no body fat like I used to so all the fat has a kind of turn into muscles from the training not on purpose not this is not my aim you know to, to uh kind of to, to burn the fat but I, i've seen a lot of uh, students they look their posture is straighter and they lose the the fat and they become clearer as well um from the training yeah, exercise really benefits everyone as um, a big, big uplifting way. Uh, it, it, it just have to go out and exercise. Do you tend to exercise indoors more? Or do you ever find that you, it helps sometimes to exercise in the park, outdoors? I think when the, the weather permits, um, outdoor is ideal, but, uh, you know, being in winter is... is it's too damp and wet so yeah i i practice indoors in the in the winter yeah so i find that when you're outside in the park um uh, even in very cold conditions you, you tend to warm up very quickly so it's not too much of a problem but it's when you're moving and when you're going for a jog outside uh, if it's windy that day tend to come home with a headache that lasts till like the next morning uh, you, you recover the next morning but tend to have a headache like that constricting headache uh, at mm -hmm. the front of your head mm. when it's running um if i'm staying still doing my form form work or pad work or or partner work is okay but when you're running and it's windy you, you tend to have this tremendous headache uh that lasts for a few hours and quite often till the next morning 
Yeah, I think if the, the weather is cold, it's okay, but it's only if it's like damp and wet, you know, like it's muddy um, in the park or somewhere, then it's, it's definitely a lot more tricky to, yeah. to train outside. We, we really benefited from training. So we, we used to have a lunchtime training club. And if you see the state of us, we look like from a horror movie sometimes when we do <laughs> uh, groundwork. There's this thing we do, the groundwork, like the wrestling. And we wrestle on the grass because it's naturally quite a good mat, right? But we, we look hideous and horrendous, like covered in mud, probably eaten quite a lot of it. There's mud all over our face, all over our hair. But the energy boost that gives us through the rest of the day, even taking time out, it just encourages us to work a lot more efficient, a lot faster and actually do more hours. Um, it, even taking time out, you end, you end up putting more time in because you have the energy and the morale and the motivation to do more hours. So yeah, it really helps us quite a bit. Great, yeah. You know, you mentioned um, uh, that you were uh, enjoying Kung Fu movies. Are there, are there any in particular that you really sort of enjoyed and you would recommend some of your favorites that inspired you? Oh, okay. Um, okay, there's this one called, uh, I think it's called The Grand Master. It's about... Toby Lang one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's about um, Bruce Lee's teacher. Yeah, Ip Man. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, and it's, it's more than... Uh, so I think initially the plot of uh, Wong Kar Wai, he, he just spends ages, that's the, that's the issue. He spends so many years in research and when he makes a movie, you don't know if you get to see it in this decade or the next decade. He spent like over eight years just researching, not even filming. Uh, but I think the initial news that came out was for Ip Man uh, as, the, as the Grandmaster. But as his kind of research and storyline just expanded that universe, it's kind of like that world building in that scene. It also went into uh, Bagua and it also went into um, uh, Baji, Baji and Bagua. Uh, yeah. other masters in that movie so it, it's the grandmaster but not just it man as the center of that grandmaster but the mm -hmm. two other grandmasters like baji and the bagua uh yeah. um, and the baji one really because the movie was really long wasn't it it was a very long movie they kept they, they kept removing scenes so when you watch the extras and the dvd you get a lot more story with the baji one he ended up opening a, a which is it apparently in real history in Hong Kong the White Rose Barbershop so he was the northerner who did the elbows the really strong one but in the actual movie it's so short and it doesn't really give him like the the kind of full credit of that storyline he only appeared in like two fight scenes really short fight scenes but if you watch the extended scenes it, it, the movie's really long it's like four, four hours long with all the extended yeah. scenes no it's just so beautifully filmed the story and also hero as well with Jet Li um, that's beautifully filmed and I like the story behind that as well I mean there's yeah quite a few sometimes I don't know the names I don't yeah the Chinese ones yeah. 
Zhang Yimou, um, Hero, I, I really like that. I actually have to be really honest, I didn't like the Grandmaster, but Hero, I really, really liked. Uh, uh-huh. I could keep rewatching that, and the soundtrack as well, with the music yeah, and the cinematography. Yeah. It's is beautiful. absolutely amazing yeah and without much without any cg i don't think there was any cg used in that it was wire work and it just seems so natural and elegant um, mm. yeah just, really good it, it covers everything that one it had everything it had the kind of like the mythology of martial arts but mm-hmm. also uh martial arts in in high speed in, in real real lifetime the scene where jet lee fights donnie yen where they go to that black mm-hmm. and white mode. That that was a classic. That was one of the, that's yeah, that was one of the best. Thing. Yeah. 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 It's so meditative as well. <laughs> like to watch um when they were, you know, the scene in the garden when there were the, the Chinese music playing and the the they slow down the fighting. Do you remember? Where it goes the black and white where they, they, they I think, think yeah, it must be fight. that one. Yeah. yeah, they do the planning, don't they? They're like, when you hit the top level, the top threshold of martial arts and athletes, they don't just go dive in, they already can see what will happen and they plan it out in their head uh, of the combination. So that, that was really good. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. That was, that was a really good overview. I didn't have any background knowledge on on both topics. So, so it was a really, really good, really interesting overview. Great. Thank All you right. so much, Maiden. Thank you so much. That was very informative. Very You're much. Welcome. Yeah.